Hey, what's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Winter Circle. I am very excited, okay? I know it's been a long time again. I had a major gap again. Look, man, been working on Fridays, and it's been hard to 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 get recorded on the weekends because you know the, always there's always things that get planned and all that other shit. But look, you know. The working on the Friday has been screwing the schedule up a little bit because that's the, normally the day that I record. But uh, look, there's just been so much going on since I last talked to y'all. We got the Knicks up 2-1 in their series against the Cavs with a big Game 3 win last night. You got the Rangers up 2-0 in their series against the Devils. And they just they they look great right now. They look great right now. The playoffs, man... It, it, it's just a completely different animal, and I'm just getting right into all this stuff. I know it's been a long time, and, and you know, this has been, again, I, I know I say this every time I have a long gap. There's just a lot going on, bro, a lot going on, and it's hard to keep up with these games, man. It really is. It really is, but we're going to get into all of it. Um, you got the Islanders getting a big, big, big win last night um, against Carolina, their first home game, home playoff game at UBS. Uh, great atmosphere there. They they get a big win. <sighs> and, you know, we're getting to a little bit of baseball because this Max Scherzer suspension, this 10-game suspension that he just got, ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. So you already know how I feel about that. We'll get into that. Uh, Yankees are treading water because uh, they have a crap load of injuries that they've been dealing with for the start of the season. But hey, you know, they're still they're still winning games here and there and that whole Vladdy thing last night I'm going to get into a little bit. I thought I thought that was a joke. But uh but they're doing okay. Can't be I'm not too upset about the beginning of the year. You know, just just a lot going on, bro. Still waiting on the Rodgers thing to happen with the Jets. Saquon isn't happy with the Giants right now. And you know, I'll get into that a little bit. Because, you know, this is really going to be a Knicks-centric, Rangers-centric playoff teams, man. You know, this is the first time we've had all five local New York teams in the playoffs since 94. That's crazy. The Devils are in, the Rangers are in, the Islanders are in, the Knicks are in, and the Nets are in. That's That hasn't happened since 94. It's wild, man. Great time for New York sports. But that being said, you know... Nets are down 3-0, and come on, let's be honest, who really cares about the Nets? I think people care more about the Sixers and what's going on with them right now than the than the Nets. And I'll get into a little bit of that because it kind of just ties into the conversation of how bad the officiating has been in all these major sports, and we're going to get into that because there's so much going on in terms of that too. Um, Yeah, man, I'm going to start with the Yankees though, and I, look, I didn't write down too many notes on this i haven't been paying too much to the yankees considering what the knicks and the rangers are doing right now i just i've been solely like truly focused on them and come on can you blame me we're only 20 games in we're only 20 games in although having not watched the game last night and seeing the highlights this morning just you know the whole deal with the vladimir uh, guerrero thing at the end of that game Vladdy, why don't you why don't why don't you settle the fuck down? How's that? Just settle down, dude. We're down six one. All right. Now this is I, I had this take prior to knowing this information. I did say that it didn't it didn't seem un, intentional to me. I mean I don't remember what the count was. Again I wasn't paying too close attention to the game because I was just hyper focused on the Knicks and uh, um. He gets hit. The Yankees are down 6-1 at that point. I mean, yeah, he hit him with a fastball, but, you know, it wasn't... I don't know. I initially... My initial reaction to that was... And watching the pitcher's reaction to that, like, I didn't think it was intentional. And clearly, Rizzo didn't think it was intentional. Because Vladdy, after he gets hit, just sits there for fucking five more minutes and wants to stare the pitcher down. And Rizzo came down from first base and had something to say about it. This is why I love Anthony Rizzo being on this team. Uh, you know, I get he has the back problems and all that, and he'll probably miss some games here and there, but that dude's a leader. And, you know, I just thought it was unnecessary. Now, that was prior to being privy to the information that Vladdy, who 
I think is at the end of his contract, which is why the question I'm sure was brought up and he wasn't, he was uncertain about his future and he said all that, but he also said that he'll never wear a Yankee uniform. It's personal. Yada, 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 yada. Okay. So, you know, it's personal. All right. Whatever the reason is, um, I, I guess like you can argue that the Yankees heard that and it's just like, okay, personal, fine, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll give you one up and in real quick. I don't think, I mean, he already he already hit a home run in the game. I mean, look, just considering the circumstances of the game, I don't see why they would do that. I just, I just don't. I don't think he did it on purpose. Now, you can call me Yankee boy. You can call me whatever you want because I am a Yankee fan. That's fine. But it is something to look at for this afternoon's game, which actually starts in about 25 minutes. Um, I'm definitely going to be focused on that. It's on ESPN Plus. I'll be able to get it. And Cole's going. And and look, again, I've been so focused on the Rangers and the Knicks, but I have seen what Garrett Cole's been doing. And right now he's the Cy Young winner. He has a .95 ERA and has won all of his starts. And he, had, and he has one of the three complete game shutouts that have happened this year. So, look, again, the Yankees have a lot of injuries. You know, Stanton's out for six weeks, which, I mean, look, at the end of the day, can't we, can't we just expect that from now on? We have Donaldson out right now, and I don't think anybody's crying about that. Volpe's starting to come into his own a little bit. So, you know, again, you got to give this kid time. He has shown more than he has recently because I think, it, I think the move to lead him off – you know that's just where he's comfortable. That's where that's what he did in the minors. It's what he did his whole life. So you know, put him in the leadoff spot. He's gonna figure it out. I don't know if you like. You could clearly see that he belongs in the in the majors. You could see it. So just give him the time to figure it out. He's gonna be fine. Um, Glaber has you know cooled off from his hot start. You got IKF. I saw him make some plays in center. You know, look. I still think they should trade IKF. I think the Dodger to the Dodgers is the move because you got them talking about putting Mookie Betts at shortstop. I mean, make a deal. But I'm not going to kill IKF. He he's done what he's supposed to. I guess he's being that utility guy for us. Judge has been Judge. Rodone with the whole back thing. To say it doesn't concern me, I'd be lying. Because this guy has dealt with injury history and then, you know, going into a contract year, all of a sudden pitches wonderfully and hasn't stepped foot on the mound, you know, since he signed the deal. So we'll see where that goes. I get the Yankees are just being cautious and I'm glad they're doing that. But, you know, it concerns me. It does. Because you got Clark Schmidt pitching like shit and... You heard Aaron Boone. He's going to continue to pitch. I mean, because they don't really have any other options. Brito is hit or miss. He, you know, he's shown me something. I mean, he got shellacked in the first inning. I forgot who it was against. I think it might have been the Angels, but I could be wrong on that. Again, don't kill me because I haven't been playing. Paying. Look, I, I know all. I know all of what's going on with the team. I haven't watched a lot of it. Like I will be paying attention today because you know. I got it's my little appetizer for the Rangers tonight, but um, yeah, man, look, they're twelve and eight. I'm interested to see what happens in this Blue Jay game today, considering Vladdy at the end of the game last night and the comments that he made. I don't think Cole is going to do anything because he's too important. But Manoa, that's another thing. Manoa, Alex Manoa, or Alec Manoa, however you want to say it, the pitcher for uh, Toronto today came out and said Cole is the biggest cheater in the MLB. So there's a storyline there for you, too. The Blue Jays don't, don't like the Yankees, and the Yankees don't like the Blue Jays. I still hate the Astros more than them, but Toronto's definitely the hateable team in the division right now, and I will always have hate for the Red Sox, too. So, you know, again, 20 games in, I'm not too high or too low. I'm not, you know, I'm not going crazy. The Rays are the Rays. They're just going to Ray. I mean, they're always they're always a really good team with the fucking payroll that they have. You have to expect it at this point. You just have to. But again, 
I'm not too high, not too low. It's 20 games in. There's 142 games left. Let's let's see what happens in the dog days of summer. That being said, this whole Max Scherzer situation really, really, really has me frustrated. And I'm going to stem from this conversation into how bad the officiating has been all around, but we got to get into this Max Scherzer situation. So, long story short, Max Scherzer gets ejected the other day in the fourth inning for, um, according to the rule book, an illegal substance. I have a lot of issues with what happened in this situation. So, Max Scherzer... Um, is pitching the other day. And, you know, MLB provides the pitchers with rosin. That is a legal substance. Max Scherzer was using rosin. I don't know if you guys, if you guys have ever seen the video of Trevor Bauer. And we look, we all know what that dude's done. He's now pitching in Japan because he's an idiot. But that being said, he put out a video a few years ago when... They made these rule changes about the sticky stuff. It's MLB calling it sticky stuff. That, that that just, yeah. like All the spider tack and all that other crap they used to use for a grip on the ball. But Trevor Bauer came out with a video when they made these rules and showed you what rosin and sweat can do. He put rosin and sweat on his hands, you know, just rubbed it together. He was sweating, whatever. He put the baseball on the palm of his hand and had his palm wide open and the baseball did not come off of his hand. Okay, so rosin and sweat is super sticky. Rosin is a legal substance that baseball provides to the pitchers. They have they have a rosin bag on the mound. If any, For those of you who don't know what it is, when you see a pitcher go on the mound and start picking up that, that powdery thing and start, you know, they bouncing it around in their hands, that's rosin, and it's good for the grip of baseball. To you know, gives them better grip. Obviously, with the sweat and everything, it makes it sticky. Well, he comes out, and the, and the umpires check at the end of each inning, and he comes out of the third inning, and the umpires check, and they tell him it's too sticky. Okay, and they tell him to wash it off. All right, goes into the dugout, washes it off in front of an MLB official with alcohol. The MLB official gave him the go-ahead to reapply the rosin because, again, the rosin is a legal substance. I'm going to continue to say that over and over and over again, okay? So, after he gets the go-ahead, he obviously reapplies the rosin. He goes back out to pitch the fourth inning, and he sweats, of course. Mind you, this game's in L.A., all right? They're playing the Dodgers. They're in L.A. It's hot. You're going to sweat. So he uses it to his Of course a pitcher is going to use that to his advantage and make it sticky again. Oh, oh I almost forgot. He, they made him switch gloves too, which he did. He switched the gloves. Okay? He switched gloves. And so he comes back out to pitch the fourth inning, obviously sweaty, rosin again. And they check him again at the end of the fourth. And they deem it too sticky again. And so much so to the point where, obviously, they eject him. And initially, I when I first heard it break that he was ejected, I thought it was just him arguing because Max Scherzer, you know, he goes 0 to 100 to like, like that, snap of a finger. And I get it. He's a very passionate dude. But... So initially when I heard he got ejected, I thought it was just him, you know, arguing with the umpires and, you know, turns out, no, they, they came out after the game and said it was, you know, all, all this along the lines of it's the stickiest um, hand that they felt, you know, since they started checking for this three years ago. Okay. There's a lot of issues that I see here. Okay. First of all, who are you to judge the amount of stickiness? Again, I need to I need to let everybody know. Rosin is a legal substance that the MLB provides to the pitchers. Okay? And 
So now we're just going on this subjective thing, talking about it's too sticky. So why are you the arbit? Why is the umpire the arbitrator here of what's sticky or what's too sticky? I just don't understand this. So now it's too sticky, and I don't know if they—they they didn't even say they thought it was an illegal substance. But the fact that he got thrown out for it being too sticky and them deeming it an illegal substance, automatic 10-game suspension. And here's the other problem with this. Phil Cuzzy, who was the one that threw Max Scherzer out, is the only umpire in the three years since these rules have been made to actually throw people out for this reason. And it's only happened three times. So you mean to tell me, and don't worry, Mets fans, I'm going to bring up the Herman situation right now. You mean to tell me that Domingo Herman, a week prior to this, who is the pitcher for the Yankees, okay, and he threw a gem, by the way, in this game. Same thing happened. Too sticky. They asked him to wash it off. I don't think he did wash it off. Comes back out. The umpire said it's still too sticky, and he was still able to continue to pitch. Domingo Herman should be suspended if this is what we're going to be doing here. Okay? There you go, Met fans. A Yankee fan saying Domingo Herman should be suspended. He should be because he didn't even listen to the umpires. But still, this is where I'm going into Phil Cuzzy being the only one, and it was a completely different umpire crew for that Yankee game. It's all on the umpire. So so now it's all on the umpire to make a decision to eject somebody and know that he's going to automatically get a 10-game suspension. That's Now, for Scherzer, that's two starts, but that's two starts that he don't get paid now. Are you kidding me? For a fucking thing that he that's legal he can he's able to use it so the umpires need to be questioned on this and what as far as a solution to this i don't fucking know this is just another example on how baseball gets in its own way you have a season where you start off with all these new rules great for the game everybody overwhelmingly agrees all these rules are great for the game. Games have been under three hours. People aren't dying at the stadium for four hours. Like, it's great. It's been great. And and when, when the Mets, who win that game, by the way, we should be talking about the win, and we should be talking about Judge against Otani and against Trout and all that fun stuff. No. No. We got to sit here and talk about how bad these umpires are and how they're the ones... Like, you know, judge, jury, and executioner on who gets suspended and who doesn't. And by the way, it's only been one guy. It just makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. That being said, and this stems into the conversation I'm about to start now, the officiating all around in every sport has been absolute hot garbage. Because you got this same deal going on right now in the NBA the other night in the Nets Sixers game, Joel Embiid literally tries to kick Nick Claxton in the junk. Misses. James Harden, when he's making a basketball play, and look, I hate James Harden, all right? I don't like him at all. But he's making a basketball play and hits Royce O'Neal in the junk. And he gets thrown out. And all Embiid, I don't even think Embiid got a flagrant. He might have gotten a flagrant. Now. <laughs> What what sense does that make? What sense does that even make? So you're throwing James Harden out for making a basketball play hitting someone down there, but you're not going to throw Joel Embiid out for literally blatantly kicking someone. Now, Nick Claxton was playing like a piece of shit and playing dirty. The Nets were playing dirty. All right? They were. But... And Nick Nick Claxton actually eventually got thrown out of the game, thrown out of that game, but the guy literally intentionally kicked somebody and didn't get thrown out. What's up with that? Where's the inconsistency? Where's the consistency there? Where you literally throw somebody out in the same game for doing it unintentionally? Why? Because he because Embiid missed the kick. I don't know. Joke. 
then you got the NHL refs. And look, this is just more of of a, you know, in-game perspective. No one's getting suspended or anything like that. Although you did get the dude from Toronto, I believe, get suspended for the three games on the hit that he had in the series against Tampa. Either way, that, that suspension was necessary and needed and whatever. Because that was a brutal hit. Um, but the other night, the Carolina Islanders series, game two, how... Is it possible that a team can have six power plays and the other team can have zero? And I hate both the Hurricanes and the Islanders, but I just personally believe the Islanders got hosed in that game too. Okay? They just did. They did. Now, the only thing I'll give the the Canes fans is that that game tying goal was horrendous to give up by Sorokin. It just was. You can't let a dude behind your behind the goal line from that angle score on you. You just can't. I don't give a shit if it goes off the back of your whatever it happened. It went off the back of Sorokin's head and went in. And you never see that shit. But that you hear Rick DiPietro talking about it the next day. That's on him. But either way. You, you miss a high stick that leads to the game-winning goal in overtime. And the Canes have six power plays to Islanders zero. I'm sorry. that's a, where, what, That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense to me. So, like, I'm sorry. And, and look, I know I don't like blaming games on referees because there's so much that can go on in a game to where, you know, the refs don't control the outcome. You do. But at the same time, can we get consistency, please? That's the only thing I ever ask for in a ref. When I played, and it was not on this level, of course. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I was a superstar, okay? I'm, I was not a superstar. I was a bench rider for most of the teams I played. <laughs> but but not in baseball. But you know what I'm saying. Either way. You know, shit. I don't even remember what the point was. Oh, yeah. You just wanted you just wanted the refs to be consistent. I don't care if you call everything or if you call nothing. Just do it the entire game. Cuz then we have to adjust. That's okay. That's okay. We can adjust. You know what I mean? Like so that's just the definition of inconsistency in six player plays to nothing. Now, it's a nice little jumping off point into the Islanders big win last night and I go back and forth with who I want to root for. Selfishly, I kind of want the Canes to win um, because that means I, I'll get to go to a playoff game. And I'm going to get into the Rangers-Devil Series, but you know, I have a feeling if they win Game 3, um, in terms of the Rangers, they're sweeping. So I, I do, like, the, the sports talk person in me, objectively, says that series is already over. That being said, the Ranger fan in me doesn't want to say that at all. Because I know how the playoffs works. But either way, huge win for the Islanders. And in terms of the matchups, because again, I'm going to keep going back to my fandom as a Ranger fan. I like either matchup in this series. And it's it's funny. As a Ranger fan, you would think I'm automatically rooting against the Islanders. But living in North Carolina and dealing with the Canes fans that I'd freaking deal with, um, you know, I have, I have a more natural hatred now for, for the hurricanes and it's fucked up because I never had a hatred for them, but now I do. I definitely do. After being, after going to a few games down here, I've been to more than a few. I've been to like five, but after going to a few, you know, I, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I am not a fan. I'm really not. So, you know, I go back and forth. I hate the Islanders too, but I actually have more Islanders friends that I don't want to throw through windows than I do Canes. Just saying. Just throwing that little tidbit out there. So I'm going back and forth. Either way, huge win. First game at UBS. First playoff game at UBS. Um, They put up five on them. Awesome. You know, I'm not going to get too crazy into it. I've paid attention to that series because I'm – very close to it because that's who the Rangers get. But I got to tell you, as far as the matchups are concerned, I feel great about either one. So it's not it's not the biggest thing in the world to me. The only thing is, 
is if the Canes win that series, they have home ice. And if the Islanders win that series, we would have the home ice. So, that being said, I'm just going to get into that Rangers series now. And, the, you know, you, it begs the question, are they going to sweep? Are they going to sweep? Rangers are up 2-0, taking both games in Jersey. And, look, I mean, we got to be honest here. Uh, the Rangers have been, I think, in my mind, the most consistent and dominant team of any team in the playoffs as of right now. That's not because they're up to nothing. Like I've been paying attention to these games, and and you know Boston's right now. You know they're playing really well. They won last night to win. You know they took back home ice right away, and you know they haven't had Bergeron, which kind of hurt them in the first two games. And Florida's, you know, they're not going to lie down. I do expect Boston to win that series. But, you know, they didn't look great in game two. And, you know, you got Toronto and Tampa going back and forth with seven goals each against each other in that series. So, you know, where's the consistency there? Uh, You know, I haven't really been paying much attention to the Western Conference series as as much because you know i i'm i'm of the feeling that whoever makes it out of the east is you know the, their easiest series is going to be the stanley cup because I, I i just don't see a team in the west that that is up to par with anybody in the east i'm just being honest but that being said you know the golden knights are good winnipeg's pretty good i think i'm pretty sure all those series are tied at one Unless Edmonton's up, let's see. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna look real quick. Give me one second, please. Um. Yeah. So you got the Kraken and the Avalanche tied at one-one. This obviously isn't a Western Conference series, but the Maple Leafs and Lightning are tied at one-one. Knights and Jets tied at one-one. Uh, the Stars and Wild. You got Minnesota up two one in that series, and the and the Kings are up two one in the series against the Oilers. So that's right. They won an overtime last night. That's right. Okay. So yeah, man. I mean, those are a bunch of really competitive series too. I don't know. I I have again. I haven't paid much attention to them. I don't want to shit too much on the Western Conference teams, but you know, you got Boston. You got the Rangers. The Devils. Coming into this series, I thought we're going to be... I was worried. Look, you know, the Devils are finding out what playoff, what the playoff hockey is all about. And look, everyone, including myself, was worried about how fast the Devils are because they're fast, man. They're fast. And you don't want to get into a fast-paced game with them. It's just they're too quick. That being said, the playoffs are a completely different animal, and it's showing right now in this series. I mean... Playoffs is about defense, hard hitting, and you know making every opportunity count, and that's what the Rangers have done. I mean, on top of the Devils taking stupid penalty after stupid penalty, you got Kreider in front of the net on the power play, who already has four power play goals in the series. He's he's the all time leader now. I think he has thirty eight goals. And he broke he broke the Ranger record when he got the thirty sixth, and and he's just going to continue. I mean, the Devils haven't seemed to learn to put a body on him in front of the net. It just hasn't happened. So they haven't made the proper adjustments either. I think they're getting out coached. They're getting outplayed. You know, the Rangers have held Jack Hughes in check, and they've just looked like the better team through two games it's just it hasn't even been close both two five one wins on the road in jersey and now they come back to the garden i mean if they win tonight i i'm look again this is why i'm putting the caveat in there if they win tonight obviously if they lose it's not going to be a sweep but i think there's like game four i mean you you, if you think the rangers are going to come out like lethargic or like in a lull or something like that tonight, their first game in the garden, their first playoff game in the garden of the season, of the postseason. Come on, man. With the way the garden is right now with the Knicks and the Rangers, I mean, come on, man. And and look, this team is just primed for a run. They just are. 
the only matchup I'm super concerned about, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but look, I, you know you know me with the gaps here. I'm trying to get it all out right now. The one matchup I'm super concerned about is Boston, and the only time we're going to see them is in the Eastern Conference Finals. So guess what? No matter who Boston is playing, and I'm sorry, babe, I know you're a Bruins fan, but whoever they're playing, I'm rooting for. Because that's the only only major concern I have in this fucking conference. Because right now, with the way this team is playing, they've been the most consistent. And that's including Boston in that. They're primed, baby. You got Kane coming back from a a subpar game one. I'm not going to kill him, though. It was subpar. Comes back and gives you three points and a goal in game two. Tarasenko, look what he's done. Look what Kreider's done. All you you won two games five one and Zabenejad hasn't done shit. Your MVP, the team voted Zabenejad the team MVP, and he hasn't done a damn thing yet. So look, man, I I feel great. I don't know if how you're you're a Rangers fans and you feel any type of anxiety or anything like that. I get in the game in, in the moment. I feel it, but they put themselves in a great position right now. They just have. They've put themselves in a great position. Um, so yeah, man. They 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 play tonight, eight o'clock. You know, you got first pitch right now going on for the Yankees. So I'm I'm gonna get into a little bit of you know. I'm not really gonna do any commentary on it. I don't have it up on me right now, but I'm gonna definitely start watching when I finish. But um, it's gonna be my nice little appetizer into the Rangers tonight. Uh, but yeah, man. Let's see if they can take Game Three back at the Garden. And speaking of the Garden, I'm going to get into a little bit of the Knicks. And look, they win game three, take a 2-1 series lead. And and it's safe to say that that atmosphere last night is what pulled them to that victory. Because both teams to start were, were not good. It was hard. It was that, that first half last night. And look, I got to be honest. I, I got to be honest. Working five days a week for this past month has been a little bit of a toll on your boy. I know everybody does it, but you know, ten hour days, fifty hour weeks, it, it was it was it was a little getting back into the swing of things. I did it all year last year and we hadn't done it for the first few months this year, and it's tough. I'm feeling the effects. <laughs> I'm feeling it, but you know, I was out like a light that half. You know, I I made it through the whole first half. I knew they were up thirteen. But but I was out, so you know I woke up at four this morning <laughs> to watch to watch the second half before I got any news on it. And look, man, they you gotta you gotta say that that atmosphere literally got to the Cavs. It just did. The, every guy who had a big game in Game Two did not come out to play. Garland went four for twenty one from the field. Donovan Mitchell was not great. Um, yeah. I mean, you held the Cavs to 79 points. When does that ever happen in the, today's NBA? You won by 20 and you didn't even hit 100. I mean, that's an impressive defensive performance by the Knicks. And, you know, it's been old school basketball this series. I mean, game one, you only won by four. You held them to 97. Game two, you get smoked. But, you know, it's not like they, you know, we're shooting the lights out. I mean, Garland shot the lights out himself, but they didn't have a great game from the field. It's been old school basketball this this series. It just has been. And I told everybody before this series started, that's what it was going to be. You got the Cavs who are the number one defense in the league, points-wise. And you have the Knicks who pretty much pride themselves on defense. They're top five defense. And so, you know, the offense hasn't really been there from the from the role players. You, you know, Brunson had twenty one last night. He's been he's been showing up. You got Randall who went three for fifteen and had eleven points. And that when you have Randall go three for fifteen and eleven points and win by twenty, that's great. That's a great win. I don't care who it is. That's a great win. You know, it hasn't been it hasn't been a great shooting series for anybody, but finally. When the Knicks needed someone to step up, R.J. Barrett did it. Finally last night. Finally, R.J. did it. 
No one could hit the broadside of a barn. R.J. Barrett was actually hitting the hitting his shot. He had 19, eight rebounds, three assists, three for six from the three-point line, eight from 12 for the field. R.J., you give me that every single game, everybody's going to shut the fuck up about you, bro, and in, including myself. Because not for nothing, you were a no-show, a no-show in the first two games, and it was very disappointing. Very disappointing. Now, that goes for all the role players. Emmanuel quickly, second in sixth of the man of the year voting, which, look, Malcolm Brogdon, I'm pretty sure he's won the award already. Yes, he he's known for being great off the bench, and he had a great season, and I don't want to take that away from him, but Emmanuel quickly should have got the award. And you can call me biased. You could say whatever you want about that. Look, he should have got it. That's just my opinion. Say whatever you want. But he hasn't he's been a no show too. Grimes, not great. And of course he gets injured last night, something going on with his shoulder, so maybe that explains some of his shooting woes. But it's his first playoff experience. And you know, I don't know if I was expecting him to go off for thirty like he was in the last two weeks of the season, but I wasn't expecting him to do nothing. Obi's been hit or miss. He he brings some energy. He's he's taken on that role that he had in the beginning of the year when Randall wasn't, you know, Randall was going off and Obi would get 10, 15 minutes here and there. Overall, the role players have been good. And I think that's what's going to be like, I think that's what's going to be the difference in this series. It's already shown to be the difference in the series because game two, your role players did nothing. The bench did nothing. And Josh Hart has been the X factor. Game two, minus 29 on the field. Game one, that was not the case. Hit a big-time three um, after hobbling his ankle and turning it bad. I love Josh Hart. I mean, he's everything you want in a player. With the Grimes injury, he's probably going to start now. Um, So hopefully that doesn't mess anything up. But you have Josh Hart in the most serious points in the game anyway. So I think he'll be all right. That transition's not going to be a problem. But um, he played well last night. Overall, man, that atmosphere in Madison Square Garden and you know the way they played defensively is what got them through. And look, there's nowhere like it. You heard Jalen Brunson at the end of that game. There's nowhere like it. So... You know, they, they know that. They know that the atmosphere, you know, is going to be wild. I mean, Knicks fans have, have been longing for, for something like this for years, over a decade. I mean, the last time they got out of the first round was 2012. And I got to be honest. Look, I am a Knicks fan, but it was hard to follow that team for for a long time. Like, And I don't know if you can blame me or not. I'm not one of these fans that was really like I was. I was starting to root for players. <laughs> I mean, I really was. And you know, you can call me a front runner, do whatever you want. I've always been a Nick fan. All right, I followed the team through the lows, the low lows, winning 17, 19 games. That shit sucks when Ron Baker is your best player. Look, I, you know. They were just easy. It was just easy for me to turn off, though, because if I'm being real, the NBA is not my you know favorite sport to watch in the world. Playoff basketball is wonderful. I, I I watch playoff basketball, but if I'm being real, you know I'm not really I'm not paying close 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 attention if my team is not in it. It's just one of those things. That being said, um. The Knicks fan has been wanting something like this for a very long time. They haven't been out again. I'll say it again. They haven't been out of the second round or out of the first round in ten years. I mean, we had a little taste of it two years ago, but you knew that was kind of fool's gold because that team really overachieved and they got exposed in the playoffs. I mean, when Derrick Rose is the best player in the series for your team, I mean that's kind of a problem. I mean, that was just two years ago, and last night he's getting, you know, he's getting a standing ovation for coming in with three minutes left in the fourth quarter in garbage time. So, I mean, let's put two and two together there. You know what I mean? So, 
And I love Derrick Rose. Don't get me wrong. He's a major reason I think this team is where they're at right now because he took that veteran stance and was willing to take less minutes to help lead this team. And you could see it. His teammates love him. You know, the coach loves him. He's pretty much followed Tibbs everywhere he's gone. And, and you know, he's an all-time great. Not going to be a Hall of Famer, unfortunately, and injuries had a lot to do with that. But in the eyes of, of the players and everything like that, he's an all-timer. And it was cool to see him get that ovation last night. That being said, I mean, you lost 4-1 in that series. You're already doing better in this series. This is just a better team. Jalen Brunson's leading the way here. I love that man. I hope he closes this series out. I mean, they have an opportunity. They get, they set themselves up to take a stranglehold of this series if they can win tomorrow afternoon. And let's see if they can do it, man. You already know the garden's going to be rocking like it was last night. I mean, listen, like, dude, I was just telling my girl when we were watching the highlights, and you're up 20. You're up 20 with 40 seconds left. That's normally the point in time where people, you know, you're up 20 with two minutes left. People are starting to get up out of their seats and leave. That shit don't happen at the garden, bro. There was 40 seconds left and they were up 20 and everyone was in the building. Okay. So this is going to be fun. You know the fans are going to bring it. It's you got to bring that game defensively again. You just have to. You just have to. Great win. Up 2-1. Have the opportunity for the stranglehold. Do it again. Do it again. Win both these games at home and win this series in six. Okay? That is all. That is all. All right. I'm going to get into a, I, I, I kind of feel bad for ending on this because there was so much going on with the Rangers and the Knicks and all the playoff teams, really. But um, I got to get into the, you know, the Saquon thing with the Giants. And yes, Jets fans still waiting on the Rodgers deal. Look, there's really not much to say about it. I mean, the deadline for me is the draft. If it's not done by the draft, I think the Jets seriously need to consider something else because I don't know how you could build a team without having your quarterback in the building. That being said, I think it will be done before the draft. So, you know, you got six days, Jets fans. But you know what? I thought it was going to be done the second Rodgers opened his mouth saying he intended playing for the Jets. So I don't know what the hell is going on at this point with that whole situation. And... Yeah, I mean, that's really all we got. We, there's not a lot of information on that whole deal. I don't really have too much to say about it because, you know, it's all semantics at this point. Get a fucking deal done. Get a deal done. That being said, Saquon has me confused a little bit, and I'm going to tell you why. I love Saquon, all right? I really do. And there's a few instances in this whole situation. So, long story short, you know, we've talked about it before. Saquon got franchised. The franchise tag is about $10.1 million, a little under that. And he hasn't signed his tender yet. So he's not allowed to be at the facility for the voluntary workouts. And he's not there. Dexter Lawrence isn't there either, but I am not concerned about that. I'm not even concerned about the Saquon thing. But here's my point about Saquon, all right? And this is just what confuses me a little bit. So during the bye week, during the season, they, they offer him a three-year, $12 million deal or $12.5 million deal. He he turns it down. All right, fine. That deal wiped off the table. Turns it down. They sign Daniel Jones at the end of the season. He gets franchised. I heard rumblings and... Look, and this is why it confuses me so much, that he was offered a $13 million a year deal, and he turned that down. Now, Saquon, I love you. I love you. But you yourself came out and said, 
you're not looking to reset the market. You're realistic. You know you've battled through injury. You know that that is something that they're going to think about. And you've only had two years where you've been great. And yes, you've been great. And no one's denying how important you are to this team because you are important. Daniel Jones don't have the year he has last year without you. And so I understand all that. That being said, you you're talking you say you don't want to reset the market, yet you're turning down deals that really if you're looking at the market are above the market for a running back. So I just I don't I don't really understand what the holding pattern is here. Because you have no leverage. You got Nick Chubb on a deal that he's making, what, $9 million a year? You got Ezekiel Elliott, who just got cut. because And they made a mistake paying him in Dallas. They made a mistake. So you got that. You got Christian McCaffrey, who, yes, signed a crazy deal for 16 a year. Well, the team that signed him to that deal traded him. And I don't know what Derrick Henry's making. I don't think it's 16 so, what are you trying to do, bro? You you get offered a $12.5 million deal, turn that down. You get offered a $13 million deal, turn that down. And you're frustrated that you're going to be playing under the franchise tag? I'm sorry, man. That just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And you're going to just have to be comfortable with it now. You're turning down deals that are good deals. And you're going to regret that in hindsight. Because... All the Giants need to do from here on out with the signing of Daniel Jones is franchise you this year. You're going to play under the tag. Can't see you doing that. I can't see you pulling that whole Le'Veon Bell situation where he gets tagged by Pittsburgh and refused to play and sign it and then came back and then the Jets were dumb enough to sign him to a stupid lucrative deal. And um, look what happened there. He was He was never the same after he took that year off. So... And I'm not saying that's going to happen with Saquon. I can't see him not playing an entire season if he wants to make money. That just doesn't make sense to me. So he's going to play under the tag. So you're turning down these deals, and then you're going to play under the tag for, what, $10 million. All right, great. All the Giants have to do now, because now you're not going to get a long-term deal. That's just not going to happen unless it's a two-year deal. Okay? So all the Giants have to do now is franchise you again. And it's what, 25% more on top of the $10 million. So it's 25% of the $10 million, which is $2.5 million. So he'll get close to 13 Okay? That ain't crazy. We'll just franchise you again, buddy. And that's if you stay healthy. So, I don't know. That whole situation has me confused. I'm not worried about it at the end of the day because I think he's going to play under the franchise tag because he's not going to have a choice. And... I think Dexter Lawrence, I'm not going to get into much of that because you hear it when Joe Shane talks about each player. You could just hear the tone in his voice. They're going to get a deal done with Dexter Lawrence, and they're comfortable with keeping the franchise tag on Saquon. That's really it. It's unfortunate. Is he important to this team? Yes, but the running back position is just unfortunately not a need anymore as far as like the high-end talent, because you could find high-end talent at that position. It's the most NFL-ready position coming out of college, and it's not close. I mean, look at Brees Hall in the year he was having last year as a rookie before he tore his ACL. I mean, you can go chapter and verse. You get Saquon's rookie year, wonderful. Um, Dalvin Cook's second-round pick, wonderful. Um, Nick Chubb, second-round pick, wonderful. I mean, you, you, you can go through all of them. Really, you could. And, you know, you could find these guys second, third, fourth round, and they'll be difference makers. Isaiah Pacheco, Super Bowl winning running back for the Chiefs, seventh round pick. The Eagles, their backfield last year, what, they went to the Super Bowl, right? They paid a total of $9 million for the three guys that they had in their backfield. So, I mean, look. The, the Giants just aren't going to do it, man. Uh, you know, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. All right. 
Well, I think I'm gonna end it there. I do, you know what? I do want to give my picks for the ser- for all these series is going on, and that's what I'll end it with, because you know, obviously, I haven't been on in a month, and normally I would pick series, and I pick, I've already made these picks. Okay, I already did. So, and you'll hear them because I, some of the outcomes of these of these series is, aren't going to be what I say. Um, but I'll just, you know, go off about them anyway. I'll start in the NBA. Um, I had the I had the 76ers beating the, the the Nets, um, in five. I think that they're just better than the Nets. Obviously, it, it's clear. And they're actually playing game four right now. They're in Brooklyn. Brooklyn's up four. But Philly's up 3-0. There's an opportunity for them to sweep tonight. And they're just the better team. I mean, look, the Nets had a valiant effort after they got rid of KD and Kyrie. Had the six seed. I mean, the 76ers are just better. They just are. So I had that series going five. And they're playing right now. So we'll see if the Nets can get a win. But. I don't know. I don't know. Embiid's out today. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But Bucks and Heat, I had the Bucks sweep in this series. So that just goes to show where that pick is at. I do think the Bucks still win this series comfortably. But the Heat already got that, you know, that first game. You had Giannis with that scary fall and, and, and was out the rest of that game. He didn't play in game two, and the Bucks just smoked him. So... You know, I have them in that series. Um, I had the Knicks in six. And they will reaffirm that for me. You know, we just got into that whole series. Um, I have them in six. I think it's only going to go six. I do not want to go to game seven in Cleveland. I'm good. No, thank you. So, game, you know, Knicks in six. We're going to we're gonna stick with that. Um and then I had the Celtics in five against the Hawks. And that that's still a possibility. The Hawks get, you know, their win at home last night in game three. I don't know what happened with the Celtics last night, man. They were they were killing it in the first quarter, and then they kind of just took their foot off the gas. And Trey Young and DeJounte Murray had a game. So, you know, I got I still got the Celtics in five. I think they're gonna be fine. Um, so yeah, that's my uh those are my first round series is in the East, in the West. I'll tell you what, I actually had the Clippers in seven, but the way it's looking now, not so great with Kawhi not playing and all that fun stuff. Don't love that he's not playing. That's the four or five matchup. And yeah, they play today at 3.30 and Kawhi's not playing again. And Phoenix is up 2-1. So that prediction doesn't look great. But I just... I thought, you know, playoff Kawhi was just going to come out and and surprise everybody. And I thought defensively they were the better team. And I didn't think KD, uh, look me, KD and Kyrie. I've been hearing KD and Kyrie for the last three years for New York. And and can't get it out of my head, but no. Um, I just didn't think KD, you know, Devin Booker, Aiton, CP had enough time to really gel. And look, you know. They won game. They won game uh, three the other day, and it didn't look like, you know, they weren't world beaters. They didn't blow the Clippers out without Kawhi. So the Clippers are a good team, man, and they're good defensively. So we'll see what happens. I mean, there's an opportunity there, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't look good for that prediction. But I did have the Clippers in six there. Um, Lakers Grizzlies. I have the Lakers winning that series in seven. Um, I hate Dylan Brooks. I hate the Memphis Grizzlies. You got Dylan Brooks calling LeBron old and doesn't respect anybody that doesn't put 40 on him. I'll tell you what right now, if, if Dylan Brooks lets up the stat line, LeBron gave him in game two, 28, 12 and eight, um, he won't be in the league for very long. So Dylan Brooks needs to shut his mouth. He just needs to shut up. Can't stand that fucking dude. Either way, I do have the Lakers winning that series in seven. Uh, Morant is questionable again, although that doesn't seem to matter for Memphis because they always win without Morant in the lineup. But if AD gets going, you know, they're in LA tonight, 
first game uh, at Staples, and I'm not calling it whatever the fuck it's called now. I don't give a shit what you say. I'm calling it the Staples Center. Um, game three, I do have the Lakers winning that series in seven games. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I do have the – I actually have the Kings winning that series in six against the Warriors. The Warriors, look, man, they were just the worst road team in the league. And they need to win a road game in order for me to feel any type of great about them. Um, I know they got the game three win at home the other night. They play uh, they play tomorrow, but but I got the Kings in six, man. I love De'Aaron Fox. He shows up in big-time moments. He showed you that in college, and he's showing you that right now that, you know, this is the first time the Kings have been in the playoffs in 17 years. And... That's that that arena the other day when they were playing the, that first game at home, light the beam. That place was rocking the other night. Sacramento's got a decent fan base, man. They really, really do. They really do, and I like them over the Warriors in this series in six games. Um, and you got the Nuggets. I picked them in five. I mean, they're probably gonna sweep. I gave Minnesota some sort of respect. Um, you know, I thought they'd get one at least. But Denver looks really fucking good in that series right now. They're up 3-0. They play tomorrow night. And, you know, Timberwolves are going to be the Timberwolves. You got Rudy Gobert, you know, punching teammates and all that crap. So, you know, the Nuggets are probably going to sweep that series. But I had them in five. Okay, real quick, let's get to the NHL ones. I'm going to just go through these. Um, I had Rangers in six. Looks like that might be a sweep. Um, Again, wasn't really paying much attention to the West this year, so, you know, I'm kind of going off, you know, just names and, and, you know, kind of where their standings are. I had the Golden Knights in six. I know Winnipeg's a good team, but I think the Golden Knights are winning that series. I actually have the Lightning in seven games against the Maple Leafs again. I just think the the pedigree that the the Lightning have is going to withstand anything that Toronto brings at them. Although they've each put up touchdowns against each other in the first two games. So who knows what the hell happens there, but I have the lightning winning in seven again, and Toronto is going to burn the city down if that happens. But I do have the lightning winning that series. I have the Kraken just because I like them over the avalanche in that series in six games. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Hurricanes Islanders. This was the toughest one for me because I, while they were so far away in the standings, I do think they're two evenly matched teams, and I've paid attention to these two teams all season. Um, I have the Hurricanes in seven, solely because you know that seventh game is going to be in Carolina. Um, I just think you know they have all their injuries. Islanders have been inconsistent all year. They have the goalie advantage, the Islanders do, but I just think Carolina's going to pull it out in seven games. Bruins-Panthers, I had the Bruins actually in five, but they've been a little inconsistent. They play tomorrow on TNT, tomorrow afternoon. Um, Again, I'm rooting for the Panthers, but the Bruins have been a juggernaut all year. And so I still think they're going to win that series in five games. We'll see what happens um panthers are at home for game four and you know they didn't look great the other night so um it's been a little bit of a back and forth but yeah i got the stars over the wild in that series in six games i mean minnesota's up 2-1 right now but i love matt zuccarello and that's the only reason i fucking said that so um oh no see I'm so see. This is how very little. And look, I'm showing my fraudulence right now about knowing most of the league. Zuccarello used to be a Dallas Star, and now he's on the Wild. So you know what? I'm picking the Wild in six games now. Call me a fraud all you want. Uh, excuse me. I'm sorry, but Wild in six just because Zuccarello's on that team. I love the Wild. I mean, I love Zuccarello. It's my man. That's my guy. I miss him. And uh, I actually had the Oilers in six games against, over the Kings, although that's not looking great right now. McDavid, Dreisaitl, you know, what can you say about them? I think they'll push them through the series eventually, but that probably goes seven. L.A. is up 2-1 now, but I had the Oilers in six. All right, man, I, I missed the first half hour of the Yankee game. Um, I wanted to get this hour in. Um, 
and I thought the picks would be well. So, you know, I know it's a little late for the series picks because they've all already started, but I'll be objective. You know, I still I still had some of these series going different ways, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So give me a break, all right? All right, guys, this was fun. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for being patient with me. And I'm going to go watch the Yankees now. All right, peace.